What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies, and the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus, so if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Imadi Kuhn, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews, so check it out. Enjoy the repository, and for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. We talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Jacob Wolf, who's the founder of Overcome. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Thank you for having me, Matt. Uh, it's good. It's good. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on. I'm looking forward to learning more about what you are working on. For people that haven't heard of your company before, what are you working on? What is Overcome? Overcome is a full-service audio and video production company focused on telling these sort of Stories that any anyone can understand, but uh, in the subject of gaming and esports. So, really, our core mission is that there is, you know, gaming is a significantly growing space. I think everybody's sort of familiar with it on the periphery, but may not the specifics. And I think it can be really daunting for people unfamiliar with sort of what's going on in this world. Um, a lot of the storytellers in the gaming space tend to be very niche, and they tell very, you know, story. They tell very complex stories that people need to sort of be in the weeds to understand. We want to break that barrier and we want to be able to tell stories that you can connect with, whether you're a gamer or not. Um, I've been doing a lot of that my entire career. I, th I think I've done both forms, really the really niche stuff and some of the broader stuff as a journalist. And so I'm sort of taking that and leveraging it into a business that can tell those stories for mass audience, basically. So are you doing um, media kind of as your own brand? Like you're almost like a publication. Are you doing media for other brands like white label? Like help me understand, like how, how does someone interface yeah. with Overcome and how does someone kind of like, um, yeah, interact with it as a potential customer or reader? Sure. So we're we're very much, at least at our start, are going to be a B, B2B business. Um, there are a lot of B2Cs in the gaming media space and many of them have been very unsuccessful and have not succeeded. Um, there's a very odd i was speaking about this the other day there's a very odd consumer culture trend where people don't like paying for content and gaming because they're used to getting it for free they like to feel like there's but they really do like to support like individuals on an optional basis so people's patreons are like subscribing to them on twitch but the content's already free so you feel like you're a part of a community but as soon as you slap a company brand on it people are like whoa i don't want to be involved in this corporate thing even if it's a startup and so I constantly see like B2C companies in the gaming media space fail. Um, I just finished a year stint at one of the few that's been successful and profitable in that dot esports. And there's maybe one or two others in the industry besides them. Um, but it's really hard. Like either you're a very established entity in the B2C market, like IGN or some of the others, um, or you're scrapping. And I, I really want to build a foundation that is really solid. And so we are B2B. And, and what that means is we're selling our products and sort of our ideas and pitching our ideas to big media buyers, uh, you know, subscription video on demand services, um, 
podcast buying companies, et cetera. We, we have one podcast in development with Nerd Street Gamers. Um, and uh, these things get funded. And then we sort of go and build and use our expertise and our partners and contacts to create really compelling products. So, um, yeah, we're, we're very much a, a kind of a little bit behind the scenes production company. You'll see our logo. You'll hear our name and producer credits, et cetera. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's where we're, that's where we're going to start. I, I would love to eventually explore B2C, but I really want a stable business before we go do that because otherwise, you know, I'm going to be out of a job in a few years. I feel like, because even, even as successful as I've been as a journalist, it, I, I'm not a huge believer in starting a B2C, uh, gaming media company from the ground up at the very beginning. So walk me through a little bit about like, you know, with your experience and your kind of expertise, you, you can do a lot, right? There's a lot of things you you can focus on and problems you can solve, but you decided to work in this space, in this industry. Tell me like, what's the origin story here? Why did you decide to kind of come up with Overcome and work in this space, in this, in this sector versus, you know, other sectors you could have kind of, uh, kind of doubled into? Sure. So I'm a gamer at heart. Um, I've been a gamer since I was a really young child. Uh, my mom had a PlayStation 1 from like very earliest memories for me. I remember, you know, getting a uh, Game Boy Advance for like my fourth, uh, my four-year-old Christmas. Like, it, you know, to me, this is very much at my core. Um, and I got into League of Legends via a friend who now actually works for me um, in 2012. And League of Legends became the biggest game in the world. And, and I just sort of happened to be right place, right time. I was uh, had started college and was studying computer information systems, but took this really big interest in journalism, um, completely unrelated. It's kind of funny because uh, my grandparents met in a journalism class at the University of Georgia um, some odd 80 years ago almost, and uh, they neither of them became journalists. My mom went to journalism school at Georgia State University and also didn't become a journalist. I'm the inverse. I did not go to journalism school and I became the profession. Um, so it's almost kind of comical. Um, so within about a year of writing about this for sort of endemic publications to the esports and gaming space, uh, I got a big break and was hired at ESPN. And I was their youngest talent ever. Um, they've never hired anyone younger than me on the talent side. They've hired some back-end people, interns, et cetera, um, of my age. Um, but I was 19 and I uh, walked through that door and moved to Connecticut and got to work in their main HQ and um, eventually moved to New York and worked at other New York office for a period of time as well. And I did four and a half years there and, and I learned a lot, uh, how to do things and how not to do things working inside of a big media corporation. Um, but one thing I noticed is that there was this habit to sort of put this subject, gaming and esports, into a box, uh, and into a sports media box. We tell stories like this because this is how we do it in football. This is how we do it in basketball, so on and so forth. That's just not right. The, the audience is 20 years younger. They have a very different expectation um, of the way that they like to digest content. They're very internet uh, heavy, right? They're in internet community based. They're not necessarily television sitters and watchers. They're, they're cord nevers, not cord cutters. Um, and so I sort of identified there needs to be this change in storytelling. Unfortunately, I didn't make a lot of headway with that at ESPN because I was dealing with uh, corporate overlords who had a lot of other things to deal with other than gaming and esports and could not care less. Um, and so I realized when I was there my final year in 2020 that, hey, there there needs to be somebody doing this. I think I'm very well positioned reputationally to build this business. I think people know my work, um, whether it be some investors or whether it be the actual content buyers, or I know someone who knows them. And so I can get nice warm intros. 
Um, and so uh, I decided, you know, I'm going to do it. And uh, so I, I established the company in late 2020, uh, three weeks after they laid off the entire esports department at ESPN and took 2021 to kind of like slowly build it up and sell our first project. And now 2021, I'm very much head first, or 2022, I'm very much head first into it all. Um, and so this is kind of my full thing, full time thing now. So you're you're head first into it. You know, you told us kind of how you want to start. You know, you've given us like wh where you're at, where you might be going. But I'm I'm kind of curious about like if you were to kind of dream for a little and look out, you know, five, 10, 15 years and let your imagination run, like wh where could it overcome goer? I guess in other words, like what's your big vision here and what direction are you growing sure. in as you, as you work on this company? You know, I have a lot of people that I look up to in sort of other spaces and, and their success. So like Adam McKay, who runs hyper object and, you know, has done a, a lot of fictional stuff, but has done some nonfiction as well. Uh, just recently produced don't look up. Um, uh, which is a Netflix show or a Netflix movie with Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence, um, but also uh, came on and executive produced Q into the Storm for HBO Max, which was a really fantastic uh, docu series about QAnon and sort of the, the cult that it is. Um, and then, uh, so I like really would love to us to be in that position or like Jigsaw, Alex Gibney's company that makes some of the best documentaries kind of ever, in my opinion, the, the quality is insane. Um, uh, and then on the podcasting side, I'd, I'd really like us to be sort of similar to the size of Gimlet and Wondery and The Ringer, who all who have been successfully acquired. Acquisition is not something I'm thinking about at this point, but um, it certainly is a space that people are buying up podcasting, podcast building companies like crazy. Um, and so I really want us to be the de facto content provider for gaming. Um, we, uh, when a executive at Netflix or Hulu or Spotify walks into a room and they go, hey, we need gaming content this year. I want to be their first phone call. Um, and I think that is, uh, it's a hard road. It's so, it, you know, we have to prove ourselves. We have to make this first project very successful and our future projects after that very successful. We need to build that reputation for ourselves. Um, but I'm optimistic we can do it and that I, you know, we'll be able to hire the right folks and then also the work myself and working with the right partners to sort of position ourselves in that matter. And in order to make it happen and bring it to life, you know, and, and build everything you want to build, you'll need some help, right? I mean, it takes a village to make a startup work and scale. So my question for you is how can the forward thinking founders community help? Are you hiring? Are you raising money, looking for customers, partners? You know, how, how can we assist? Yeah, we are doing our fundraising seed right round right now, um, which is exciting. I've had some really good conversations around that, and I feel generally pretty optimistic. Um, we will be hiring uh, soon. Um, you know, I, I have one employee under me right now who's a longtime friend, somebody I can trust on sort of the project management and administrative side of things to make sure kind of everything gets done while I go create stuff. Um, and But we will be hiring some creative roles, um, and I'll post them on my Twitter and company Twitter. Um, but yeah, uh, so we will be hiring. So keep an eye out for that. We're really looking for young, talented people that want to work in the film, television, and podcast space to join us. And then if someone wanted to learn more, find you online, kind of just like get educated on what you're doing, how can they find you on the internet? Do you have a website, social media presence, email address? Do you have a personal social media presence? How can someone kind of learn more on the internet? Yeah, so uh, probably the easiest way is to just reach out to me. My Twitter is at Jacob Wolf. Uh, my Proton Secure Mail is uh, in my bio. So just email that. I check it pretty frequently. Um, and then, you know, if anybody wants to get in touch with me, that's, that's easy. But we're at Overcome on Twitter, but I don't have any contact information on there. That will very much almost be like a portfolio Twitter account basically posting when we have 
cool shit to show off basically all right well if you want to see cool shit from overcome you know where to go well thank you so much for coming on to the podcast i really appreciate it and best of luck building this out thank you